Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Beard of Fen podcast. It's been a while. I decided that I would catch up with a friend of mine, Ross from Black Harbor Blues. Ross decided to drop around. We sat down, we had some coffee, and we had a bit of a catch-up, a bit of a chat, find out how he's doing and where he's going, what's happening with the music. So, without wasting any more time, here's this week's episode. Simple as that. Yeah, I know. Like whenever the red button goes on, then I go into stage fright. Yeah, now we. Yeah, then I don't know what to say. Uh, Especially when the camera's on. Yeah, it's happening now. Yeah, fortunately, no cameras on tonight. Like our old, our old trick of uh, recording in studio. Yeah. Is like. uh, No, no, no. We're just doing a practice run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just take it, you know, and then. (laughs) Uh, What does that remind me of? That reminds me of something. You do the final take and uh, okay, we're done. And the guy says, What? Yeah, what? That wasn't my favorite. So, that always, uh, yeah, that reminds me of uh, Richard Harper. I'm doing a podcast with him, you see. With Richie? Yeah, with Richie. So, I mic him up and we're sitting, we're sitting there at that uh, spot in Bremer, not Bremer, Emerentia Dam. Used to be, um, it's Marshalls now, it used to be. CBL, the Craft Beer Library. Okay. We're sitting there, we're doing the podcast, chatting to him about his uh, photos and riding bikes and tattoos and all that stuff. And uh, so Mike came up and we're having a conversation, everything. And about 10 minutes into it, he goes, Are we recording? <laughs> yes. They're like, Yes, we've been, and then the, we've been at it for 10 minutes already. Yeah. And then the, the um, you know, the tone of the conversation changes. Yeah. So just make yourself comfortable there. You looking? Yeah, no, I'm good, bro. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to talk into the mic. Yeah. But I'm. Um, I'm actually 100. percent Yeah. No, you got the mic technique down to comfy. Yeah. Down to like down speak, to a fine art. Into the yeah. microphone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that's what I find is that these microphones are a little bit. Well, they they should be. They should be omnidirectional microphones. Yeah. Yeah, but the omnidirectional then they pick up. You know, you pick know, I was using those uh, lav mics at one stage. Yes. And the problem is, is that then I have two tracks and the one's bleeding over into the to other. To the other one, yeah. yeah. Just to get yeah. it a bit neater. Yeah, now we're getting a bit technical now. We're, we're going to start boring people with technical jargon. Yeah, anyway, Ross, it's nice to have you back again. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's been did a you hear that? I did not. I didn't hear. Okay, that was the computer. Maybe <coughs> I must unplug the computer then. Then I won't get any um, ding-dings. Um, yeah, I think this is the third time you've been on the podcast. Yeah, I did one. I did one with you in the winter, like yeah. two years winter, ago, and then the winter after that. And then in the middle of that, but COVID, we did a we did, we did a, a live stream. We did a strange yeah. live stream one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah that was really strange because we did it super live, like real live. And then I was having some sound issues. We we did it in real time. <laughs> in real time. If, yes. I, if I recall, yeah, we did like a live podcast thing. Yeah. But like you were saying earlier, um, the it, it definitely feels weird to uh, go through with a lot of things like this podcast and so forth 
when you're not in person, when you're not looking someone in the face and you're not having yeah. that interpersonal connection with someone. I mean, there's lots of cool things that have come about in the digital age and we've seen so much of it now mm. with COVID and whatever. Um, but man, like, there's obviously just certain levels of, uh, there's certain levels of human interaction that you just need to yeah, have, you know. absolutely, yeah. You just need to be in a people's company for that. So uh, thank you for... <laughs> Having you live yeah. in the flesh. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. Very cool. Yeah, well, I mean, just talking about the podcast, I've, I've you know, the pre-recorded podcast and all that, I've like slowed down a bit mm. because of this whole thing of not being able to have a face-to-face conversation with someone. I've been doing some live streams mm. on the weekend with some mates of mine. Now, that's a little bit different because you're comfortable with them, you know what they like. Uh, you know, when you're having a podcast conversation with someone that you haven't met before, mm. That is really, really difficult to do it over video. That's what I find. Mm. I, you know, I just don't have that moment to break the ice and, you know, get a bit chill. And especially, I think when someone comes into your personal space, uh, that I think, you know, they can either be intimidated by it or be, okay, this is cool. This guy's invited me into his house to record a conversation. And there's like a little bit of a, yeah, there's the give and take, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh, a give and take. I think that's where, like, also for the listener out there, like, these conversations are supposed to be insightful. Yeah. You know, and it's not supposed to be, like, a scripted, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to go in and say yeah. and whatever. Um, and most of the time that comes from just having a, a natural ability to converse. You know, the art of conversation is, is give and take. Like, you say something, I contribute to that. Yeah. I say yeah. something, you contribute to that and so forth, you know. And that's how we build on ideas. Um, and I think so much of um, communication is definitely un, is unspoken, even though we're having a conversation out. There's a different kind of energy level that exists when you're sitting in a room with somebody. Yeah, You can look them in the face and you can you can have an open conversation like that or a closed mm. conversation, you know. I might, yeah. I, like, I might come and say, oh, man, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> No, man. Um, and also, it's the body language as well. 100%. That, that, that I think one misses on the, on the, on the live, mm. you know, the Skype call kind of thing. But now talking about that, we were, the last time we chatted, we were, I suppose, in the early days of COVID and lockdown and all that kind of stuff. And uh, just talking about the energy that you get from being in the same room as someone or having a conversation What's I mean? You did a couple of live streams, playing music, playing music gigs. If you want to put it that way, yeah, how did that feel? Not having an audience. It it will never then. ever ever be the same as having a a live audience there, and yeah. ever like uh, I mean, it was obviously something that we had to adapt to mm. as artists, as uh, working musicians, and and whatnot. Um, and I, I think there's going to be a place for, not going to, there's definitely a place for online content in that sort of nature. Um, but honestly, a, a live performance is a live performance. I think that's kind of how I would want to keep it for myself forever. Yeah. It's just play to a live audience versus um, a live stream where I'd probably rather do like a pre-record 
you know, yeah, and release it as like a piece of content that people can watch at any time they like, you know, um, like a YouTube video, that kind of thing, you know, except obviously with a bit, with way more of like a live feel. Yeah. Versus doing a live performance on mm. the internet, you know, yeah. because, and you, you touched on that point now, the main thing is there's no response from the audience and my music and my performances are all about the audience. Yeah. You know, otherwise I would just be writing music for myself and then like sitting at home in my studio mm. playing the music there. I want to, I want to perform it to people and I want them, I want to feed off of their energy. I, that I love it, you know, it's like half the reason why I do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, we can talk about uh, like for me and I, you know, talk from the point of view of, someone having a, a podcast conversation with someone um, and doing the comparison between live and, and, and online. It's also, it's, it's just like mindset. Like you say, if you're going to pre-record something, you like, you've got a different mindset. Okay. I'm going to pre-record this. I can edit it if I want mm. to. Afterwards I can tweak it. I can maybe fix the sound or I can, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas like when you're live and you're the only person there, I don't know. I feel, I mean, if you, like the the live stream gigs that you did, you were doing most of them solo, right? I mean, how many of them yeah, were you actually, doing with the band? No, I didn't actually do one with the band. Yeah, and uh, I mean. I? Well, I can't recall doing one with the band. No, so I don't think no. I saw one, yeah. Um, just because of the logistics, man, and, and also because of the fact that, uh it, it is an experience to go and watch a live show and um, the logistics behind what, you know, all the logistics that goes into a show um, for any professional musician is uh, something that you, you work at for a long time and you make sure that your shows are as, you know, as energetic and as vibrant as possible. And to get that across on a live stream, no matter how good the company is or the media company is working with you or whatever, it's like, it's so difficult. I saw some of these massive production ones that were done with these mm. like mega artists like Lady Gaga and stuff like that. And even then, I was like, eh. Yeah. You know, like well done, obviously. Yeah. Good job. But there's just something about that like soullessness mm. of, the, of the internet yeah. That I don't think we'll ever be able to take the part of, no matter how good it gets online, there's never going to be anything that can um, stand between um, actually being at a show and performing for an audience, you know? Yeah. Versus just playing in some studio and, and sending it through on the internet. Again, like I said, it's awesome mm. and it definitely serves its purpose, but I'd rather do like a badass you know, production, live show, maybe even do it in one take, you know. Um, oh, we did actually do a live uh, performance with the band. Okay. For a company called Platform ZA. Okay. Who did a phenomenal production of uh, our live, our thought of our live show. So it's about a 40-minute live show. Okay. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't aired um, as a, a stream it was actually recorded in the same capacity that you might watch something like the voice or idols or something like that 
All right. It was done in that sort of capacity. So everything was multi-tracked and like, you know, edited posts, but it's a live show. Mm. Um, and that's available on their website. Um, it's uh, platformza.tv. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, and that was, a, that was awesome. Like those guys did such a great job. Um, and I think that's an experience. That's definitely something that you can sit at home and enjoy. Because now you're watching a live show. Mm. And you what you know you're getting that energy, and whatever from the performance you're getting that tone. You're not getting lag from the internet. Maybe your your connection dies yeah. out or whatever. And um, you can sit at home with some popcorn with your fam, whatever you know. Crack a beer if you want. Have a coffee and and watch it. You know, pause. You know, mm. go back to that part you liked. You know, with the singer from your favorite band did that cool thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind it. You know, yeah. check it again. Yeah. You know, or skip over the songs you don't like or whatever. So yeah. there's definitely value in that. Yeah. Um, but that's that's something else entirely, you mm. know, and that's, um, again, to – I love these conversations because we digress so much. Yeah. Or people can keep up with oh, our Well, maybe they can rewind. They can rewind. <laughs> and skip over the part that they yeah, didn't enjoy. With our waffling. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, it's like um, – I'm I'm addicted to playing music live for yeah. people. You know, I'm uh, definitely there's there's something there's something like magical about the audience being there. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So during COVID, uh, with the lockdown, you did a couple of live streams, etc. But I mean, what, I mean, what else were you up to? Because I mean, you weren't playing live gigs. Uh, you weren't working in the shop because you were working at Tom's at the time. At the time, yeah, yeah. So I took I took the opportunity um, to do a lot of the the background, productional, songwriting, creative things that life often gets in the way of. Um, COVID for me was that you know I'm one of the people that I th were, were blessed by the strange thing that happened to the world. Um, and I decided it was a f fantastic opportunity, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for like a, a real, uh, stepping back from the, no the day to day reality and to dive into creativity, songwriting, you know, all those kinds of things. I played guitar more than I've, as I was saying to you earlier, when I arrived, I played guitar more than, you know, when I was like in school and studying and I'd have like holidays and stuff and I'd just sit on the guitar for like 12 hours a day, you know. I was doing that kind of thing, just obsessing over it again and just realizing how much I love the instrument, how much I love writing songs. Um, because also, as we mentioned, <clears throat> uh, sometimes your routine gets in the way of of your passions and as a musician it's always that that balance between like the graft and the admin of being in the music business versus the creative side you know and trying to balance those things out so i definitely took that opportunity um so so the band black harbor <clears throat> that i that i front we um we released we we wrote and recorded um, a, a new EP called 
A Cold Winter Blues, which came out in December. So um, we got a little gap, if you recall, in November last year where there mm. was some Getting ready for Christmas. We took some quick gigs, you know, <laughs> so we played a show. The EP was awesome because we, we played a show at uh, a venue in Melville called Smoking Kills. Yeah. Just like a very like tight audience. It was like 40 people there. I think the max that we were allowed in the venue was like 40. Okay. It was tight. It was awesome. Like great atmospheric, dark, you know, mm-hmm. bluesy vibe. It was very cool. Um, and then, yeah, we recorded that whole that whole performance and we chose three songs from the night to go on the EP and then two studio tracks that we that we did um, during lockdown. Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Driving to studio and stuff like on the, on the sneak. On the sneak, yeah. yeah. Um, and then um, I, I just, I haven't stopped really since then. Um, I've just been getting involved in the creative process as much as I can and just writing and going berserk with that. Um, the, the band is almost finished with the, a follow-up EP, which is going to be released in the next few weeks or few months. It just depends on like our PR campaigns and that sort of admin stuff. Uh, but right. it will definitely be... Uh, in the like the th- at least the third quarter of this year, you know, um, and then um, I'm also working on my first solo record, which I'm very very excited about. Um, and this is really given. I've been working on it on and off for like three years. I've started this process with all kinds of different um, avenues of influence and music and all sorts of things. Um, and finally, I've I've just decided to to uh, to really knuckle down and focus on on all the layers, you know. So I'm just writing songs as much as I can, getting all that creative process out. Couldn't even tell you what it is right now if it's a bl- <laughs> if it's like a blues rock album or I don't know yet. Yeah, I was going to ask: Is it in the same vein as as Black Harbor, or are you taking a <coughs> Different creative journey there. It's definitely not the same as Black Harbor. It's it's got a blues rock influence, obviously, mm-hmm. because um, of being involved in the the blues, getting so involved in in blues music, and um, I think my, my my style that I've sort of developed as a songwriter and as a guitar player is um, is uh, laden in like blues rock and the blues influence. But um, I've always maintained that I'm not like really, I don't really consider myself like a bluesman in the sense of the word, like a, maybe an artist like uh, Joe Bonamassa or Gary Clark Jr. or those guys. I look up to them for uh, inspiration. <coughs> but um, <coughs> they're a cat friend. <laughs> yeah. I love cats, man. <laughs> cats hijacking the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I look up to those guys for for inspiration, um, but I've always considered myself more of like a, like a like a hard rocker, you know, '90s rock, mm. um, alternative rock. That kind of, you know, I'm influenced heavily by, and I've always said it, like bands like Soundgarden and Nirvana and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, uh, but I also don't think that it, that the 
the the record sounds like that either mm. um at the moment it's just in pre-production so i do have a, a whole bunch of songs recorded that i've been doing myself uh but i'm not <laughs> i'm not an engineer you know so it's just um it's basically just songwriting at the moment and getting as much material out and it's it's definitely got a lot of avenues at the moment um which will come to a focus um so it's it, you know it's going to be a good rock music uh endeavor you know cool. it will be yeah it's not i'm not going to write some it's not going to be uh club music you know? yeah <laughs> it's going to be rock and roll yeah <laughs> not overproduced yeah but yeah. um i'm going to i'm i'm trying to just not hinder the creative process and like often i've i found myself as a songwriter um going back into i think we all do it just going back into what comes naturally mm. and i'm trying to break those break the those, mold a bit the break that mold yeah mm. um because as much as i want to keep my authenticity i'm also trying to look at my sort of songwriting from a different perspective um most of the time i'd write guitar first and then like adapt melody and that around that sometimes lyrics first um less often but i'd write a lyric first and then adapt music around that but what i'm trying to do for these songs is i'm trying to write for the voice first mm. because i think that vocals in music are the most powerful element um that we that we have to utilize because it is personal to everybody whether like whether you think you can sing or not is irrelevant we all have a voice you know and everybody can can hear the voice um so being a guitar player i'm i'm trying to keep the guitar a little bit more on the on the back seat you know okay. and and focus on on the voice and <laughs> just trying to write the best songs that i can you know um that's i think mm. that's the main goal is just to write as good of songs so as the, i possibly yeah. can so how many songs have you got written at the moment in the working i've got like 30 okay um all with lyrics or just some with lyrics some no, with it's music like a mind map mum. at the moment yeah. it's like a big mind map so there's there are some that are uh i, I don't want to say finished but there's songs that have taken like form and structure and have got like all the parts you know are there like um all the instrumentation and forms and stuff you know so they they're they're much more fully formed than um other just kind of ideas yeah um but yeah most of them have got some sort of direction and and what i'm trying to do as well is is not fall into the same trap again that i have done and um over time by saying i'm very impatient so a lot of the time i write something and i'm just like got to finish this now yeah you know? i'm giving myself the opportunity to say hang on let me just revisit this let me have a look at the song try to be objective leave it for a while you know let it breathe come back have a look see if i still get the same like response from it as when i was up till three in the morning trying to get it down you know because you can often get sort of caught up in your own process and then you digress and you veer from the point you know and then you come back and you you think you've got this masterpiece and you come back and you're like wow that is a mm. piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um so 
Yeah, just just also trying to be very honest in the yeah. songwriting approach. And not rushing it. Not just rushing it. Just taking the time. Yeah. Like you said, just ruminating on the on the songs, giving them some time to percolate. Yeah. And come back in. Like come the, back in like there. The, Per- percolate's a good word because I'm <laughs> having copious amounts of coffee, coffee, <laughs> of coffee uh, in this process, and uh, keeping my <laughs> keeping my better half up, and just letting her know that I'm there with like heart palpitations and things <laughs> when I come to bed, like <laughs> yeah, always <laughs> like super wired, yeah, like yeah. But I mean, I'm sure you must be excited. I mean, it must be must be quite a, a thrill to come up with a song and be able to put it down and articulate it and at three o'clock in the morning when you try to go to sleep you must be buzzing yeah sometimes I, man um I, I get such a kick out of writing music and i always have um and a, a massive part of um why i'm a musician i think is because i am also obsessed with writing songs i just love to write songs and just love to write music and um most of the time, when you get too much in your own head, you know, you're overthinking, you lose the natural flow. And so what I'm, what I'm trying to allow myself to do is to uh, have a free flow of ideas, um, unconstrained ideas, you know. Um, some of the songs that I think are, are better works that I've that I've written over time are most of the time they happen quite fast. Mm. There's not a lot of thoughts, you know. Sometimes I can be driving home from a gig or something, and I can just hear something in my head, and then I'll go down and like, you know, I'll record something on my phone, like a vocal line or something that's in my head, and then I'll go down and make some notes, and then it's like, yeah, 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 this is a this is a great song. Mm. Um, and there's songs that I've been writing for three years that I've still not finished. Still not finished, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <coughs> you know, maybe it's just not there. So I definitely think the creative, to get a little bit like spiritual, or philosophical, I, I think that the creative process, although it's very personal, uh, is all about energy. And I am of the belief in a way that music that you're writing is just a channel, that that music already exists. Mm-hmm. It's out there in the universe, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm able to, well, people, musicians, art- artists, yeah, whether yeah. it's music or words or whatever, are able to find those. Yeah. Harness them, you know. Harness capture that, them, and yeah, absolutely, and mm. and put it down on script, on paper, on record, on tape, on whatever. Yeah, you know, and put that put that through. Um, but where the whole thing comes about, you being a good songwriter, a good lyricist, a good artist, whatever, is uh, because of the fact that you were able to to channel that thing. So I think uh, that that boils down to you know intellectual property and i think in a lot of ways yeah rightly so because if you are one who is able to spend the time you know in your mind or outside of your mind and grasp onto these things and put them down although i don't think you have complete ownership of it in a spiritual sense i think in a 
creative Humanly sense. sense, you yeah. know, yeah. legal sense. Yeah. yeah. You can say, I wrote that song, you know, mm. um, and, um, you know, you can go to the registration people, the royalty people and like, yeah. I, I wrote this man. You yeah. Know, I'm, got to pay me my royalties for this <laughs> yeah. but um that's also why just to touch on this the whole internet thing and live music and streams that's why i think uh it's it's always going to be flawed because of that um transfer of energy you know i've got these songs my band learns the songs we all learn the songs we play these things like we feel we feel pumped about this then we release an EP and other people get pumped about it. And then they come to the show and everyone is rocking and rolling together, you know, mm. and that's the transfer. That's like, you know, you're taking that piece of, of art and you're saying, yeah, you know, yeah. this belongs to you now, own it. You know, mm. everybody's going to hear that music differently. They're going to interpret the lyrics differently. And um, that's the whole, the whole point is that everybody can have an individual experience from, yeah, you know, this, this uh, piece of art that you've been able to, yeah, to yeah. create. Yeah. Someone, uh, someone once asked me, well, we were having a conversation about music <coughs> and she said to me, the thing about, about music for her is, is, is the way it makes you feel or how you, uh, Often you can think of a song and you can remember where you were when you heard it, mm. or um, you can, you were at a particular place and I don't know the the song came on and it was just like the right song, whatever it was. Um, I, you know, I think sometimes people just listen to music for the sake of listening to music and not really understanding what it is that okay, why do they like that song? What about that? What what is it about that song that makes them feel that way? I mean, like f for me, listening to music on the radio or at home on my sound system is one thing, but going to a live gig where I actually prefer the live versions. You know, there's some bands that do do um, really good live shows and others that don't transform very well from mm, the studio mm, to, mm. The, to live. But like for me, I, I get the most out of the music when I'm there live experiencing it um i think it's all about presentation you know and <coughs> music in the the modern world for a lot of in you know in a lot of areas is governed by rules you know you can't write a song that's going to go on the radio that's longer than three and a half minutes yeah <laughs> or whatever okay <laughs> like so what we've done as a society you know is uh is stop people from being able to get really involved in something you know i've like i've always been a fan of indulgent music you know like old school classic rock bands and stuff nine yeah. minute epics or yes. whatever or 15 minute epics or whatever yeah. you know <laughs> Because of like the story they tell, the journey that they take mm. you on, you know, sitting at home with your headphones on or listening to, like listening to your stereo and just like losing yourself in this epic journey. Now it's like 
it's all about lifestyle and like how fast can you get through stuff and it's like our music reflects that you know yeah it's like you gotta have like your 10 second intro and then you gotta be in the first verse by like 12 seconds and then you have to have the chorus because otherwise people are not gonna be able to fucking keep up man yeah you know excuse my french but it's like (laughs) it's like um you know and the radio DJs and whatever, and they they all like the mitigators of this. I'm just gonna be honest and like this annoyance, yeah. Because it's like, why are we stopping like musicians from making art, you know? And I don't care if you like Drake or The Weeknd or whatever. Like those guys that are at the top of the the food chain in popular music are all capable artists that are for the most part scaling down and scaling down and scaling down and they're good at it, you know? Yeah. So they have millions and millions of plays for like these hits, catchy songs (coughs) that they write, you know? And I respect that because you're able to identify like a certain way that, you know, mass audiences listen and whatever the case is, which is cool, great. But where do we, like, start to really um, push ourselves outside of the boundaries of, like, is it just cool for me to listen to this three-and-a-half-minute song because it's sung by somebody who wears, like, Louis Vuitton, yeah. you know? Where, where, does, where, are we, where are we drawing the line between, as you say, I like this song because I'm moved mm. by this piece of art that I'm listening to. This song is moving me spiritually, philosophically. Even if you're writing something like very surface level, you know, that it all's got its place under the sun. You know, if you're writing songs about booty shaking and whatever the case, street, like mm. do it, you know, live your life, go on your path. But like, are you doing that with the, with all the integrity of like an artist, you know, <laughs> and I think for the most part, no, you know, and mm. it's not, it's not the artist's fault. It's how we've been governed to think about these things, mm. you know? Yeah. Like I remember when that Cardi B released that wet or whatever that song was called. Yeah. And it was like this uproar and people like, how can you have like these disgusting lyrics in this? And I'm like, she just wrote a song. Who cares what it's about? Like, you are the masses listening to it. Mm. So if you don't like it, just switch it off. (laughs) Exactly. You know? Yeah. If it's not for you, just switch it off. But now, instead of doing that, you show like a hundred of your best friends how poor it is Mm. and how distasteful it is. And between you and the other like thousand idiots, Mm. you've got a million players going up for this artist that you so-called hate, but now you can't get enough of it, you know? So it's, it's like weird, you know? Yeah. It's just go back to, to back to basics a little bit and say like, do mm. I like this? Well, yeah, I do like it. I'll, I'll keep listening to this. Yeah. Don't I like this? No, not really. You know? Yeah, look, I mean, popular music is, I suppose it has its place. And it's, uh, the reason why it's called pop, it's pop, popular music, some people would call it, my, my daughter gets upset with me when I call it that. It's bubblegum music. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah sure. Okay, but why do you call it bubblegum? Well, because, you know, you take a piece of bubblegum, you put it in your mouth, 
and it's got flavor for a little bit. And then after a while, you spit it out. And <laughs> in eight months to a year's time, you know, that song has come and gone, and there's another one that's replaced it. Whereas some of the more, how can I say? Um, timeless. Timeless music. I was going to say traditional, but um, traditional rock music or whatever. Timeless music. I mean, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, we're still listening to this stuff. Well, that's, And it still moves people. That That's the... And whether it's uh, like obviously we uh, we come from a like a rock and roll background, so we are generally biased, yeah, rock and rollers, you know. But um, it's one hundred percent not limited to to those genres, you know. There there's pop music that has been written from the thirties that is timeless, you mm. know. Um, if you think about like in the 40s and 50s jazz standards that were written then and artists like who wrote for film score and so forth like um, Fitzgerald song like Summertime which is like a traditional classic you know um, if you think about um, 80s or 70s even stuff from like Elton John you know bands like Earth, Wind and Fire who wrote like killer pieces of music because they transcended their own genres. It doesn't mm. matter that it's a pop song or this or that. It's just such a good piece of music. It was just so well written that it's, it stands, you know, it keeps standing and it's like it's something that's listened to over and over versus write something like for a trend, you know, which again, like not to dismiss where where those sort of avenues come into but i think i've always likened myself to wanting to be able to write like great songwriters mm. you know like the like the great songwriters from the beatles and and on you know um and taking influence from from those kinds of uh those kinds of entities almost yeah sure um to write something that is moving, to write something that is meaningful, to write something that is timeless. You know, that's yeah. that's like the, the So goal. where does your so like when you're writing a song or or when a thought comes into your head that a line or something that you're gonna put down that potentially can become a song. I mean, where's that coming from? Is it from life experience? Is it from something that's happening in the news? Uh I I have a very definite answer for that because <clears throat> most of my music is cathartic. So I think often on the surface level, especially lyrically, my music can come across as dark and, and gloomy. Yeah. And like even like spooky and gothic and you know but it's because of a number of things. The the main thing is is my own catharsis is often I'm writing something that has got a positive intention but because of the fact that music for me is always been like an expression or form an outlet um, I'm going to take poetic license every time I do it and I'm going to write something that makes me feel better yeah and it's not always like you know on the brighter side of things often the content um, indulges in my own morbid curiosities and whatever kind of thing is is influencing me, you know. And I've 
I've said before, like in, in interviews and stuff like that, that um, although I'm interested in all these weird horror stories and films and things, I always have it at kind of arm's length, you know, and I'm never really going to preach. Um, you know, I've, I've read like weird books from like Anton LaVey mm. to Alistair Crowley. But like, I, by no means am I going to vouch for those kind of characters. You yeah. Know? But it's the same reason that people are so interested in like serial killer flicks. Yeah. And series. Mm. You know? Um, so there's definitely a, like, I think there's a little bit less of like a mass audience for, for my taste of songwriting. But like I said, it, it's um, it's always... Or for the most part, cathartic, um, with some sort of positive resolve. I don't really like to leave s things sort of hanging on a negative. Um, I'm just not that kind of person, you know. Yeah. Um, <coughs> but obviously, I'm not limited to that. I, especially like I said, now in in writing um, for the solo record, I'm I'm definitely trying to push those boundaries of myself and. First things first is I'm getting as much out as possible, you know, so that I can just get it out of my system, as it were, and, you know, break those yeah. boundaries and, and look for, for new sources um, of inspiration. But often um, those, ins those, those inspirations, especially as I'm getting older, I'm finding that they're becoming more and more philosophical, more and more about relationships and people. Yeah. When I say relationships, I don't necessarily mean romantic affairs. I mean interpersonal relationships, you know, societal relationships. Um, I find myself being moved to write politically, politically motivated music, but I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah. The more I look at, like, the overbearing, you know, um, disaster of governments, the more yeah. I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just become a some sort of political person, influencer, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Become the, uh, no. a political, like a political poet. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not that either. You know, yeah. it's definitely not um, in, in my, uh, doesn't really form part of my, my repertoire as of this point. Yeah. You know, but I can definitely feel those, those things are there. Mm. Um. I feel people are edgy. I feel people, are, you know, maybe, maybe it's just that I try to I try to encourage people to raise the level of consciousness that they're on. You know, think outside of the box. I don't think a lot of people really know what that means. If you really break it down, what does that mean? It means that you are thinking inside a confined space, and you need to think wider. You know, you need to look at different um, solutions. You need to look at different problems. You need to look at different ideas. And you need to formulate an educated opinion around those things. Um, and if you're not able to do that, then you're going to keep living inside of your box, you know, your yeah. bubble. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my music is becoming um, hinted, I think, with, with those kinds of... Um, with those kinds of influences and maybe commentary, you know, 
just just because I've I think that I want the best for people, you know, and I generally try to see the best in people, believe in the best of people, you know, give give uh, people the benefit of the doubt, mm. um, because most of the time when people are making decisions negative decisions they're all fear-based so whether somebody like has a go at you in the traffic makes a joke at your expense you know cheats on you whatever most of the time those are all fear-based decisions you know and i'd like to at least try to convince people to look inward look outward by looking inward you know and say okay well how do i transcend the way that i'm thinking about this thing so that i can be better to myself, you know, yeah. to others, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a little bit of a paradoxical <laughs> idea there, because I'm also just a human being trying to figure figure shit out, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I think sometimes when people tell their stories, you know, I think sometimes in the kind of world that we live in, where we've got social media and everyone's trying to portray <coughs> a particular image of themselves, an outward image of themselves and a lot of the time like we've I've got to warn my kids it's just like okay but you looking at that person you're seeing their life it looks perfect mm. but it's actually not that's the the uh, the the facade that they're putting up mm. um, and I think in recent times and I mean we can go a little bit more for, you know philosophical about this in terms of people's mental health mm. over this period that we've just been through of COVID and being locked down and not seeing friends and family or not being able to go watch a live gig or that kind of thing is that I think, I think a lot of people have, have started coming out and saying, okay, this is how I'm feeling. And it might not be positive. You know what I mean? I'm having a tough time or that mm. kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people, you know, like a, a, a close friend of mine, um, we share music, you know, like, we, oh, listen to this band or here's a new song or mm. talk about music. And uh, like he says, I mean, without music, he just wouldn't be able to get through this period. Mm. Mm. This is what keeps him sane. And I mean, the kind of music he's listening to is heavy metal work. Yeah, that Again, kind it's of cathartic, stuff. You know, I get it. Yeah. Like, so, uh, yeah. So, I think there's definitely benefit in like someone like yourself that has the ability, or has an audience, or has the the, the talent to or just package has a medium something to get to get something out of your system. Exactly, you know? and to, to even if you're just talking about your experiences um, or, or and having, sharing or doing that. a podcast with a with <laughs> yes. a friend, you know. That's right. And just it's, talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Is 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 that someone out there connects with that? Hopefully, a lot of people connect mm. to that. Uh, and often, I hear uh, people always want to know when an artist brings out a song. They want to know, okay, what was behind that song? Okay, but like Led Zeppelin, "Stairway to Heaven." Ex- come on, explain to me what it's about. Mm. And I find I've I've noticed a, quite a few artists like, no, no, no. no. Like, you must work it out for yourself. What does it mean to you? What mm. does Stairway to Heaven, I'm using Stairway to he- Heaven as an example. Um, you know, what does it mean to you? Mm. And, I, and I think that's often what people must do is, is internalize that song. Take those lyrics and, you know, it's like taking a horoscope. 
Not that I believe in that shit. But, I mean, like you read a horoscope <laughs> and you can fit yourself into that horoscope. Um, because they, they say like really awesome things in the horoscope. Like, yeah, absolutely. You sometimes you, Andrew, sometimes like to be alone, but then sometimes you also like to be around yeah, people. people. You're yeah. like, wow, man. <laughs> yeah, you got that 50% like, right. How did, you, 50%. how do you know that, man? Like, that's yeah. exactly me. No, but what I'm saying is that, is that people can take the lyrics of a song uh, that might be coming from your experience and they can fit their experience into that. And I think that's where, uh, like, those kind of lyrics that are, how can I say, grounded, uh, not in pop culture, mm. not singing off the sushi menu, <laughs> if you know what I mean, where yeah. some of these popular songs come from. And But having a heartfelt conversation with the world about what you've been through I, or I what you've experienced. I think that so many people, uh, you know, um, more than ever, <clears throat> I think people have had an opportunity to to look inward and hopefully a lot of people have. And I know many people have been so negatively affected by everything that's gone on in the world. And um, it's actually an overwhelming thought, you know, to think about people suffering and uh, all sorts of, you know, on different levels. You know, if you want to look at like the really heavy stuff, like the world is flawed in every sense of the word, but the, there is more than ever the opportunity to connect with people, connect yeah. with other people, you know, speak out, you know, I mean, um, 50 years ago, like, you know, being depressed as a man, for example, it's like, you're not depressed. Mm -hmm. you know, just get up. Yeah, suck you it know, up. Just suck it up, man. Suck Go to work. Up. Yeah. You know, you don't take... <laughs> don't be so weak. You don't take pills. Yeah. I mean, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. But now I think it's like there's been a lot of movements with regard to suicide and mental health, you know, because it is a thing. Yeah. It's the same as catching the flu, COVID, you know. Mm. It's worse, actually, because it's something that is way more difficult to diagnose. And it's something that a massive portion of people suffer from. Um, and, I mean, if you're living in hardcore circumstances, you know, um, troubles at home and, and whatnot, of course, you're going to be more inclined to, to fall into these kinds of things. And it's like you, you would think that having this interconnected world that we have the opportunity to help each other more and more. And I think for a lot of the parts, we're actually being more closed off, you know, instead of spending time researching. I mean, man, if you get a headache, the last thing you want to do is Google it. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, because in you've got a brain two tumor. seconds, you've got a tumor. Right? So, <clears throat> yeah. you know, don't do that. <laughs> but um, there's there's definitely uh, there are ways to to get in 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 touch, you know, and putting out feelers for for people that are in similar situations, interpreting things, um, looking at at lyrics, at music, at things that make you feel good, things that make you think inward, things that give you a different perspective, you know, um, and taking something very very personal to you. A song, a lyric, 
whatever. And using that, you know, to give yourself encouragement, giving yourself, you know, that pep that you need, like to take the next step, you know, one foot after the other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, here's a question. How often do you listen to your own music? All the time. All the time. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> All the time. Uh, and I mean, are you critiquing yourself yes, when yes, you listen? Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not listening to him be like, wow, man, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm like, did you really release this? Like, is this on the internet, man? <laughs> yeah. uh, let no, me go I'm, tweak it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I, I think I, I've, got, I've gotten to a point as an artist where I've made peace with whatever it is that I've made. It's never going to be perfect. It, it, I mean, it's, it doesn't really exist. You're going to go into the studio today and record something and tomorrow you're going to be a better songwriter and a better musician and a better performer and an artist. It's just how the, it's just how the, how things work. Mm. So I find myself often listening to my own music, but yeah, mostly with a, with a critiquing ear. Um, often I just let something lie for a long time and I revisit mm. it and then I'm like, oh, actually it's not, not too bad. Yeah, so um, you're not uh, you're listening to your own advice if you yeah, I try putting, to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're putting out something in the lyrics, there are you yeah. going, ah, oh, <laughs> it's got a point. So <laughs> yeah, I try. I try to, man. Sometimes, as we as we touched on earlier, like lyrics are lyrics are really important to me, and I'm obsessive, very obsessive with lyrics. Um, certain like certain words, phrases, colors always come up in lyrics because like it's almost like a signature now that I'm unable to <laughs> like get away from. You know, like yeah. little stamps for whatever reason. Um, so when I am writing, I'm I'm obviously like becoming more conscious of these things and trying not to like overindulge in these certain elements for the fear of writing the same thing over and over and over. Uh, but also, like I said, to push those boundaries and to give myself some some room to say, like, it's cool to make a piece of music that may not be, like, the best thing that you've ever done. Um, but I think it's more important to give it your best effort. You know, it doesn't mean, like, oh, well, then if it's never going to be perfect, I might as well just half-ass this and release it and hope for the best. It's about giving it all your attention and care at the time that you're doing it and then just allowing it to be what it is, you know, yeah. get it out and um, learning from it and improving every time you go through that process, you know, giving, treating it with respect and love, mm. the same as you would um, building a house, you know, building a home, uh, a relationship, you know. I kind of want to treat the songwriting process like that and just giving that thing um, as much of my respect you know, it's a weird analogy to draw, but I think, mm. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then allowing that to go out and, you know, with the, the people who are going to be fans or going to be moved by it are the people that are important. And those who are not moved by it and dislike it are unimportant. You know? yeah. It's as simple as that, you know. Not in a, like discrediting way it's just that sometimes yeah. something's not for you and sometimes something I think that's is, just you know? the way music rolls that's just how that's just mm. how life is you know yeah. and um so i think 
I think I also try not to get too worked up with like what what other people are going to think about it. Um, because I know, I know for the most part, if if I feel like I've I've done my best effort, then I'm prepared to let it to let it go, you know, yeah. and let people decide what they will. Um, and uh, yeah, sometimes just holding on to songs a little bit longer for myself. Like I mentioned, as soon as you release something, you're definitely giving it away, even though, you know, the the legalities say that it belongs, belongs to you. you. You know, it's my yeah. intellectual property, but you're definitely mm. letting it go. And it it is almost like when I'm <coughs> when these songs are like in their infancy and I'm writing them and it's like scattered ideas and whatever there is a, a level of sentiment that exists around those those songs and um a little bit of overprotection it happens you know yeah and like a producer friend or somebody comes mm. and like oh you should change this one no i'm not changing anything like you change <laughs> it you know change yourself yeah you know but you gotta <clears throat> you gotta just also think about the bigger picture and eventually you're gonna have to come to a a point where that you know that music has has reached its completion yeah and then let it go and hope for the best you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing so uh, you were talking early on about connecting with people uh, you said to me early on during covid you started teaching more guitar <coughs> online yes i initially started teaching guitar and vocals online um, also, just finding an opportunity time-wise to be able to do that again, or in a in a, a, a better capacity than I had been um, having a day job and whatnot. Um, you know, basically for most of my adult life, um, and yeah, I just finding myself in a position to be able to take on that responsibility is you know, a, a mentor guiding somebody. And I've found a, a great passion for it. Um, just for sharing, if I can put it so bluntly, I like telling people my opinion <laughs> <laughs> on music, you know, uh, and just helping them on their journey. That's really what I like about it. I like being able to, I like to think that I'm hopefully leaving some sort of like, um, influence over the people that I'm working with, whether it's a novice just getting going. Um, I'm only really interested in, in teaching people who really want to learn. Yeah. You know, so uh, a lot of my clients uh, in that sense are, are just like enthusiasts for like blues guitar or singers. You know, I do have, I do have some that I like kind of specialize in, like professionals who I can, I hope that I can help um in their journey yeah um and i've always i've always said as well i'm a i'm a the first person to to advocate for like vocal health vocal technique that kind of thing you know i learned so much um studying vocals over the time i started taking lessons in singing from a lady called jennifer broadway yeah uh, the apt, uh, apt name yeah and she she was basically i think i was about 20 at the time she was basically the first person who guided my vocal path and made me become aware of 
um, uh, the, the correct approach, you know. Because um, I suppose you've got to look after your voice. Man, you've got to look after your voice more than anything, you know. And the way that you look after your voice, for me, is by looking after your health in general. Um, stay hydrated, like eat healthy. It, it's a muscle. It's, it's the same as, you know, um, <coughs> growing your voice and strengthening your vocal ability is like going to the gym, you know, or training for a marathon or something. Like you're not going to be able to do it in one day. It's going to be a lifestyle that you take on. You know, and uh, if you are like hurting your body every day by all sorts of things, n lack of sleep, too much mm -hmm. booze, yeah, too much McDonald's, <laughs> smoking, which are yeah, too much smoking. I say yeah. that, but uh, I totally had a McDonald's on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> I was starving, man. Oh uh, shit! Long, long, long day of like studio stuff, and we're actually recording guitars for the Black Harbor EP today. Okay, nice. We finished, so the guitars are all finished. So it's just oh, vocals left, which is awesome. Yeah. Again, m mentally preparing for that, you know, yeah. making sure that I'm in the right frame of mind. Um. So so yeah, like um to get back to the sort of uh, teaching application is that I, I've definitely seen, I I can remember some of the first times I went into studio to record vocals and I remember being absolutely finished by the time I was done with those sessions, like wrecked. Yeah. You know? And halfway through a session, like, sorry, man, I have to cut it short because my voice is just buggered or mm. whatever, you know? Um, and I haven't had a session like that in like years, three years, you know, um, since the last time that sort of vibe happened. And uh, that's just from being very mindful about like how my voice feels, techniques to use, all sorts of things, you know, and I've tried to, like I said, I'm the first one to advocate for that. So I try to give that to my, uh, my clients, students, my yeah, students, students. You know, my <laughs> students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I reckon it's something I'll do always. Mm. You know, I just like, again, it's the same as sitting here and having a conversation. I like that interaction um, and being able to share music with people on a very personal level um, but not so much in a like that artistic audience way that I get from the stage yeah um, in a sort of one-on-one -on -one, like this mm. is this is the chord G it sounds <laughs> amazing yeah. this is you should play this chord you know yeah. um, it's a it's a different like kind of give back you know yeah sure um, that also pays the bills <laughs> <laughs> does yeah. help to do that yeah it's called the music business at the end of the day yeah i suppose yeah and i suppose i think um when you teaching someone else you're also taking responsibility for the what you in passing on them mm. so you also tend to lift your game as well i, I would imagine <clears throat> if you playing i think we were talking about this earlier on where you get into this routine you've got your day job at the time you were, you know, working at Tom's or whatever, you know, showing people and selling guitars, and then you often you're gigging and et cetera, and then you've also got your downtime. You get into this routine where I suppose it becomes like second nature. Mm. 
then the moment that you are teaching someone and they might be asking you oh, something that you've forgotten about a long time ago that you take for granted in a way that you might not have really been focusing on for a while but now you've got to now explain to them how to best use that technique well, as an I, example. I think um, I've always found like with with people starting <coughs> the process yeah especially vocals guitar not so much but people starting to learn how to sing it's like a huge shock to the system because i don't think people ever realize how much technique it requires and how much preparation and graft and you know theory goes into singing mm. now when you like get to the first like lesson or whatever and i'm telling you okay you're gonna have to use diaphragmatic support you're breathing into your stomach this is how your lungs need to be full this is how your this is the vowel placement they're like what are you are you <laughs> you're, you're joking you know yeah um so it's a little bit of a shock to the system but um yeah from the like the kind of onset it it uh it definitely makes one more mindful of the knowledge that you're imparting and um trying to make sure that what that you practice what you preach and that you believe it yeah you know? absolutely yeah um and i i definitely think that teaching in any field makes you better at whatever it is that you're teaching you know it it, it reaffirms those ideas that that you may have you know yeah sure that you that you may have forgotten yeah so definitely mm -hmm. the 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 beginners are great because it, it always like gets me right back to the fundamentals fundamentals you know? yeah. like, uh yes i remember this now <laughs> you know for the umpteenth time yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so we've spoken about um black harbor and then bringing out another ep we've spoken about you doing some solo stuff i think at the beginning of last year you were gearing up to potentially go and play in Italy, mm. was it? And obviously, all of that came <coughs> came to naught. I mean, what's your desires and aspirations in terms of going overseas and playing? Well, and we did. Uh, if you recall, we did actually go to Italy. You did like the... We did like a small the, tour. Yeah. In Italy. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, unfortunately, all of those touring schedules have been placed on hold. It's just the nature of the beast at the moment. Yeah. Um, but lots of, luckily, a lot of things in the pipeline still um, with Europe and um, lots of plans in the future for those, for those endeavors, um, which we will most certainly be taking on. Um, but yeah, like I said, at the moment, it's just too, things are just, are just too weird to be able to make very definite plans around yeah. those yeah. um those kinds of things <clears throat> hence um working on all of this creative process and like i said taking a a really cool uh opportunity a very unique opportunity to get some of the content the music the art done that perhaps um we may not have had as much or i might not have had as much time to do previously previously yeah yeah, yeah. so um, i'm looking forward I, I feel i feel optimistic about the future mm. i feel like when things change when things you know the analogy i like to use is a 
we got to be like surfers out, you know, waiting for that break. Yeah, I was going to say, know? waiting for the next wave. And just like when it comes. Start paddling hard, you know, yeah. so that when it does come, you don't miss it. Yeah. You know? To give Absolutely. yourself that opportunity to catch that wave, you know. Yeah. Hopefully, I can stand up as well yeah. <laughs> and surf. Yeah. That's a. That's a bucket list thing of mine, man. I need to learn how to Wait surf. Wait to learn, learn how to surf. I really want to learn how to surf. Yeah. It just seems amazing. I don't want to be a surfer, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> sorry to all some the surfers. Some culture. of that. Yeah, sorry to all the surfers out there. Uh, yeah. Matthew McConaughey is awesome, though. What, in that movie? What was that? In movie? every movie. Yeah, in every movie. In what every was movie. That mo- what was the latest movie that he was in? Was it, was that one where he was like a bit of a... recently? Uh, I don't know. Was yes, that the did. gentleman? I think it's called the gentleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I must, I must watch it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. But there was another one that he was in. Where he was like a bit of a beach bum, or what was that called? Yeah, that was the one about the surfers. Yeah. But I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm now. saying. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with you. I'm saying, yes, oh, yes. okay, that's the one that you're talking. When they were about. waiting, exactly, <laughs> they were waiting and waiting and waiting for the surf to break. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's kind of what's happening right now. We're yeah. waiting for the surf to break. Yeah. I think it's going to break hard and fast when it does, though. Yeah, I think so. I think um I think I think I think it's 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 uh, it's going to be because there's this desire by the artists yourself and the other guys that are out there uh wanting to go out there and play. And there are lots and lots of people out people there that are wanting to yeah. paint up. Yeah. Claustrophobic yeah, cabin fever, you name it. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think things once things open up, like from a legal point of view, in other words, when you can have the capacity and the numbers and the people and whatever, I think it's going to ramp up very quickly. And I think if you're in the right place at the right time, you, I think, I think you can ride that wave. Yeah, like really pretty, <laughs> pretty hard and pretty long. I yeah. think that's my opinion. I hope so. I hope so, because I think it would be great for everyone, both the artists as well as the people that are and the, enjoying and the music. Yeah. yeah, the audience. And people in yeah. general, I just think like that, some, I, I, I think something is waiting to happen in mm. the world, you know, it's like, I don't know, there needs to be some sort of like paradigm shift, yeah. you know, in the way people think about things, the way we approach things and, uh, yeah, just <laughs> paddle hard, get on that wave and just ride it. Yeah, yeah. So in closing, I mean, have you got names for your for the Black Harbor EP and uh, your solo album? Yeah, the Black Harbor EP is called The Black Rose. The Black Rose. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit of a divided... Uh, project. What what's the word I'm looking for? Diverse? Piece of yeah, the no? piece of piece of art that we've delivered this time mm. around is a bit separated from our previous releases in the sense that it's not really traditionally blues. Um, and the the Black Rose theme touches on a lot of ideas, um, life, death, the idea of theater, you know, um. Um, <clears throat> and my usual suspects, as I mentioned earlier, but um, it's also 
outside of our normal like kind of blues rock sort of vibe i think it's a i think it's more of a songwriter's approach mm-hmm. i definitely think the songs are uh more openly interpretable um in terms of their their content and just the, the style you know just a stylistic um attempt that we went for um and and i'm i'm feeling amped about it i feel like it sounds good I'm, i've been very excited about how it's come out we've been working with um nick rush he's been doing the production for us mm-hmm. nick um is from people might know nick from from watershed yeah um, and as a phenomenal guitar player um hey we've got a cat friend here <laughs> once again um <laughs> yeah, yeah and then the the solo stuff i have ideas for um there's a constant theme about resurrection mm. you know rebirth which yeah, is right. i think uh, a little bit of a commentary on the opportunity that i hope people have had and that i've certainly had um to just regroup be reborn you know yeah with no kind of r- religious affiliation per se mm. but um yeah it's, it's like what you've just had now we've just had easter which is yeah not only a christian sort of celebration but it's also um traditionally historically it was around the fact that it was spring mm-hmm. and there's new life and it's exactly that new beginnings and yeah so that's that's kind of that's exactly what i'm touching on in in the 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 solo stuff um the the work that i've been putting into that is is very reflective um both on myself uh, as well as you know it, like society i think um and just trying to get that message through mm. um but it, it's still in such a although i have um quite a lot of the strategy and things in place for it it's still quite fresh still quite uh wild you know it's not yet been um tamed by a name an album it's it's still quite fiery you know so um i'm gonna try to tame that beast (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm hoping to release that in a say i'd say a year from now okay but it's been going so fast like the writing process that it could be sooner but just um just to go against my own impatience that i that i suffer with you know just yeah trying to make sure that i do it to the best of my ability rather wait a little bit longer and get the best product out that i can the best yeah. the best piece of art well that's that good I we can. look forward to that yeah thank yeah. you so much and then last thing mm. You've got a gig coming up soon, haven't you? Yes, we have, um, we have a number of gigs, I'm happy to announce. Well, tell um, us all COVID uh, capacity inflicted, but, you know, um, within a nice reason. Yeah. So we're playing two shows in Joburg in April and May, uh, a place called Josie's Show Bar, 24th of April, which is very cool. It feels to me like a sort of 90s flashback. Very small, tight, intimate. Um, drinks flowing, you know. Yeah. Loud. You know, that kind of old school rock and roll vibe, which I'm super keen about. It's like just I'm dying to just get on the stage and go 
Berserk. Bananas. Yeah. Boss, as boss, we say. Yeah. I want to go boss. Go boss. Uh, and then in May, we're doing a cool one with a white-collar boxing event. Um, okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, the members of the club are signing up to beat each other for two minutes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. To fight each other in a ring for two minutes. And okay. then we get to play some music to the... Before or after you get... After. <laughs> the yeah, snot yeah. clapped out of you. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> I will not be um, in the ring with anybody. Actually, I would. I, I might ask like my drummer and my bassist to go in the ring so we can oh, right. finally hash it out. <laughs> 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 no. Um, <clears throat> so we'll be performing like that kind of after party, if you want to okay. call it that. Um, cool. But I'm super keen for the event. Like, you know, people can check out all these details on our on our website, website cool. uh, which we'll is blackharborblues.com. Um, I'm sure it'll be in the description somewhere. Yep, Thank you. Will. Um, and then at the end of May, we are heading down. Oh, I can't wait to Stellenbosch to play at the Daisy Jones, which is a newish venue. Right. Probably going to become like the flagship for the for the Western Cape, I'd say. Um, I haven't been as yet, but I've just been hearing story after story about how amazing it is. So I'm s super excited to go down. Sistalis, that's on the 29th of May. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, but like I said, all the all the details yeah. are available on the website or I think on Quicket. Yeah, Quicket.com. Okay. Black Harbor, oh. Quicket.com, you should find everything there. We'll send the people that way. Rock and roll. Thank you so oh, much. Cool. Anyway, it's been great to have you on again. Yeah, it's been an absolute and pleasure. And I look Thank forward so to the much. next one because next time we'll be talking about that solo album that came yeah. out and how well it's doing and how deep it is. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. Cool. Thanks, Russ. Thank you, brother. We'll check you next time. Right, so that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed catching up with Ross as much as I did. Go check out his website. Go see when he's playing. Maybe you can go catch some of that awesome music. If you're not in Joburg then I would suggest you climb onto Spotify and go find Black Harbor Blues and uh, follow them. Keep track of what they're doing. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.